Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, a CME podcast series where each week we translate today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. I'm Dr. Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Chan Medical School and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult. Be sure to visit primed.com slash podcast after the discussion for more information about today's article and to claim CME CE credit. Mark is a 52-year-old male who comes in for a visit to discuss his attempts at creating a healthier lifestyle. He started about three months ago trying to lose weight by decreasing his calorie intake and building up his exercise habits. He's 5'9", and his initial weight was 224 pounds, giving him an initial BMI of 33.9. Since then, he's lost about 5 pounds, and his hope is to lose another 25. He's seen commercials on TV about medications for weight loss and asks you if it might be right for him. Hi, this is Frank Domino, and joining me this morning is Jillian Joseph, physician assistant and clinical instructor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the UMass Chan Medical School and assistant professor in the Department of PA Studies at the Massachusetts College of Pharmacy and Health Sciences University in Worcester, Massachusetts. Good morning, Jillian. Good morning. So Mark sounds like so, so many of my patients. Hey, I'm trying to lose weight. I've started, um, but... It's going kind of slow. What medications are out there to help Mark lose weight, and how do they work? Yeah, there fortunately are a couple of options now. So we have the glucagon-like peptide 1 receptor agonists, or GLP-1s, um, which we usually use to treat type 2 diabetes. There's Orlistat, uh, which alters fat digestion, and a couple combination drugs, so fentramine and topiramate, which is branded as Qsimia and bupropion naltrexone, which is branded as Contrave. So the GLP-1 receptor agonist meds work to slow gastric emptying, so people feel fuller longer. And there's kind of an unfortunate side effect of nausea and vomiting, so patients should decrease their portion size when they're taking this medication, which also helps with the weight loss. And they increase satiety by working on appetite centers in the brain too. So Oralistat, which is over-the-counter available as Ally or prescription is Xenical, that um, blocks fat absorption by up to 30% from your dietary fat intake. Then we have the combination medication, so uh, fentramine and topiramate, which is branded again as Qsimia, um, is a sympathomimetic combined with an anticonvulsant. So the fentramine portion acts like amphetamines in the body, so reduces appetite by acting in the central nervous system. And topiramate may have an effect on appetite suppression and uh, enhance the feeling of fullness. Lastly, the other combination medication, bupropion and naltrexone, branded as Contrave. We don't really know entirely how this one works to help patients lose weight, but there's uh, some thought that it has to do with action on areas of the brain that are, reg that are involved in um, regulating appetite and are part of the reward system. These are all drugs that I've had the, the chance to use to try to help people lose weight. And um, it, it's been interesting because forever I've been using fentramine and topiramate or bupropion and naltrexone and have some success, good success. But GLP-1 agonists are kind of amazing. In addition to these meds, what kind of advice should we be giving, Mark, about lifestyle modifications? 
Yeah. So healthy weight loss takes time and effort, unfortunately, right? Um, and so primarily the focus for patients should be on adjusting the diet to be sure the intake is less than the output in terms of calories and energy, but also making healthier food choices. In maintaining a healthy weight in the long term, the pattern of food choices over time is actually more important than the individual choices in one particular day. So it's really important to encourage patients to really think about the long game. And remember, it takes about a 3,500 calorie deficit to lose one pound. So patients who want to achieve a healthy weight loss of around half to one pound per week should have somewhere around a 300 to 500 calorie deficit each day. And alcohol is always important to bring up with your patients to remind them that during this time where they're actively trying to lose weight, they should really eliminate or reduce their alcohol intake to no more than one drink per day. At the end of the day, when you're counting calories and trying really hard to make healthier choices, alcohol is just an empty calories that really add up quickly when you are uh, taking the time to count. So then when we talk to Mark about his exercise, we want to make sure that, um, you know, if patients are brand new to exercise, they start with their movements being more gradual. Um, and we know that benefits associated with exercise for most people significantly outweigh the risks. So the great majority of patients can really start an exercise plan without any special clearances. The goal for most adults should be 150 minutes of moderate intensity activity per week, and that should include both aerobic or cardio activity and strength or resistance training. I have a, a little mindfulness trick when, I, when people want to lose weight, and I ask them to write down, not take a picture, but write down everything they eat and drink every day for a few weeks. And it just really forces them to think about, do I want that cookie? Then I have to write it down and tell... Tell Dr. Domino. So I, I think we're right on target there. So assuming Mark starts doing a good job monitoring, you know, monitoring his intake, he's exercising regularly, if he's still not losing the weight, what, do, what medications would you start with and, and where would you go? So for most patients with overweight or obesity, regardless of whether they have diabetes, the GLP-1 receptor agonists are really first line. So for Mark, the decision is between semaglutide or liraglutide, and how do you choose? So there's a recent publication in JAMA that helps us with this answer. The Step 8 randomized controlled trial compares the two medications, semaglutide and liraglutide, for weight loss in this exact population that we're talking about today, patients with overweight or obesity and without diabetes. So the trial went on for 68 weeks and was randomized to once weekly subcutaneous semaglutide versus placebo or once daily subcutaneous liraglutide versus placebo plus diet and physical activity. So the primary endpoint for this study was percentage change in body weight with secondary endpoints of achieving 10% or more, 15% or more, and 20% or more weight loss. The active treatment groups were double-blinded against the placebo groups, but it was an open-label study because of the dosing differences between the two drugs. So at the end of the 68 weeks, 
the mean weight change was minus 15.8% for semaglutide and minus 6.4% for liraglutide. And there was also greater odds of reaching that benchmark of 15, excuse me, 10%, 15%, or 20% or more weight loss with the semaglutide. The side effects reported were primarily gastrointestinal, which isn't a surprise, but between the two medications, the um, reported incidence for side effects was about equal. There were also fewer proportions of discontinuing treatment for any reason in the semaglutide group, and it's only once a week, so that's much easier for patients than having to do something daily. So for Mark, I'd suggest semaglutide for him in addition to his already excellent efforts at his healthier lifestyle. Well, great. Let's say the semaglutide is beneficial. How long should he stay on it? If he's not having any side effects, then he can stay on it until he achieves his desired weight loss or at least six to nine months. So an earlier part of this trial, the step four trial, showed that patients who switched from semaglutide to placebo or discontinued medication after 20 weeks did have weight regain. So we do want to encourage him to keep on this for at least six to nine months. As we know, the big challenge in getting access to these medications is getting through uh, the the prior authorization process. But I assume that's going to continue to be improved upon over the next six months to a year. So Jillian, really great data. It certainly seems like the GLP-1 agonists are in our future to help people lose weight. Thanks so much for discussing this paper. Thank you. Practice Pointer. Consider once-weekly subcutaneous semaglutide as an adjunct for patients with obesity who are trying to obtain weight loss. Join us next time when we talk about the role of exercise in the treatment of cardiovascular disease. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. To claim credit and receive additional information about the article referenced in today's episode, visit primed.com slash podcasts and see you next week.